Welcome to Understand Nostradamus. I'm your host, Michael Falco. I'm going to make a few predictions for the near future by going over some quatrains from the book, The Prophecies of Michel Nostradamus. The actual name of the book is Le Prophéties de Monsieur Michel Nostradamus. These prophecies seem to be happening or developing now, from the destruction in Ukraine to earthquakes and volcanoes in Europe, droughts and floods in the U.S. and Europe, to the heat waves that will follow the weather pattern of El Nino that has started for the summer of 2023. It seems Nostradamus is not so much a prophet of doom as he is a prophet of your news and current events now. Prophecies for now. It might also be finally safe to talk about COVID-19 and the many quatrains that detail this era of man's history, as well as clear up the differences between the Pope's prophecies from St. Malachi that are always included in Nostradamus documentaries and the actual prophecy credited to Nostradamus. Then we'll continue with the time loop experiment and try to break the curse of Oak Island. That is Templar treasure on Oak Island, but Nostradamus insists that before the treasure is found, a man will die, his eye put out by a spring. In addition, I will go over a list of quatrains that will be analyzed in the next several episodes, just to introduce you to the use of language and the broad scope of topics covered, and I'll give a hint about each one, allowing you a chance to solve them before I do. In the recent past, I brought up two quatrains about a long-extended drought and a flood following it in Italy. Now, unfortunately, I didn't mean this one that just happened in Emilia-Romagna, so I actually just archived that episode because I didn't want anybody to be confused that I actually predicted this recent flood. And as bad as this sounds, and it is very bad, we're very concerned about all the crops. So much has been ruined in the fruit and vegetable basket of Italy. But the quatrains I had mentioned give an even worse situation on the west coast of Italy, all the way from Florence down to Naples. And I'll go over those quatrains coming up in this discussion. I did want to point out there is one quatrain, number 233, that does talk about a flooding of the Po, but it also talks about a flooding of the Garonne, and that is in southwestern France at the same time, and also includes the people of Genoa marching on their country. And so I believe this one is about a different time. But let's first, for this discussion, establish Russia as Aqualon in Quatrain 149, and therefore in Quatrain 291. And this will establish Vladimir Putin as Hadri in Quatrain 18 which will also establish Kiev as Sun City. Nostradamus rarely gives a date for his prophecies, but sometimes he gives a day of the month, a specific year, or a planetary placement description. One of those that gives a year is Quatrain 149. That's Century 1, Quatrain 49. And the same year and word phrasing are mentioned in the Epistle to King Henry. It's the year 1700. The Quatrain chronicles the first years in the Great Northern War and the Battle of Narva, which is currently present-day Estonia, where Russian forces were decimated by the Swedish army 
and Peter the Great had to subjugate the lands there to Charles XII of Sweden, only to come back and recapture them again in 1704 with a newly designed Russian military. And that's why the fourth line of the quatrain says almost subjugate because he got the lands back. But this quatrain establishes Aquilon because it mentions the corner of Aquilon as these lands. So it establishes Aquilon as Russia. Now remember, a quatrain is just a four-line poem. In this case, the first line rhymes with the third line, and the second line rhymes with the fourth line. I'll explain more about the quatrains as we go along and the setup of the book, but to stay on topic, let's hear this quatrain, 149. Long before these happenings, the people of the East, influenced by the moon, in the year 1700, will cause many to be carried away and will almost subdue the northern area. Okay, so he puts Aquilon here as the northern area. The actual words say, subjugate almost the corner of Aquilon almost subjugate the corner of Aquilon. And so that says that he almost had to subjugate the corner of Aquilon, because as I said, in 1704, he got the lands back. It's also important to point out that the third line says the year 1700, the great will have to make changes. Or you could read it, will have to make great changes. But the way it's presented, the word grant can be the noun or the subject. The word Aquilon comes from Roman mythology, which renames Boreas from Greek mythology. You know, Boreas, like Aurora Borealis, the boreal forests of the Great North. So the word Aquilon represents the god of where the north wind comes from, or sometimes the wind itself, depending on poetic license. Note the tie-in with the Great Northern War at its introduction, in quatrain 149. The first two lines of the quatrain refer to Peter the Great's war with the Ottomans in the south of the Russian Empire. So when it says, long before these happenings, the people of the east influenced by the moon, those are the Ottomans. They had been victorious over Peter the Great, and because Peter the Great's campaign in the south of his empire against the Ottomans did not go well at all, it really took much from his ability to fight his campaign in the north against Charles XII of Sweden. So that refers to the battle with the Ottomans weakening Peter the Great to the point where he lost both campaigns and almost had to subjugate the corner of Aquilon in the year 1700. There's a lot to discuss about Russia in the quatrains. Most scholars don't seem to realize how prevalent Russia is in the Book of Prophecies. Russia was always an ally of France. It was the French that financed the many expansions of industrialized Russia through the centuries. So let's take a look at some of the quatrains that might tie into that, because there is a quatrain, 291, which seems to be in the near future. It's about Aquilon and a large single explosion. And the same word phrasing and description are written in the epistle to King Henry within the section that breaks down much like Tui Bei Tu, the Chinese prophecy that goes in order of time. 
There will be further explanation of Quibay 2 in this discussion, the spelling of which is in the description to this episode. But I'm going to show how it ties in with Nostradamus and relates to the lost book. Whenever you research Tweebay 2, the article always labels it as the Chinese Nostradamus. Written more than 900 years earlier by two men, the name translates to pushback graphics. People call this work the Pushing Back Poems. It's a collection of 60 drawings, or graphics, each with a short poem, a two-line poem, and a quatrain-style four-line poem they call the long poem. They each prophesize a time period in the future, and they are in chronological order. These 60 poems are in the order of their occurrence in time. It is very important to have an understanding of Tweebay too, which gives reason to the lost book of watercolor paintings discovered in 1994 in the Vatican archives, referred to as the Lost Book of Nostradamus. And there is a major shout-out to Tweebay too in the epistle to King Henry. This section of the epistle refers to the East trembling from brothers, but not brothers, of Russia. This also includes a description of the third king of Aquilon, lonely and alone. Pretty much describing a guy alone at a Christmas mass or at the end of a 20-foot table. This leads to a possible connection with Quatrain 291, which is a warning about a large singular explosion seen in the direction of Aquilon at dawn. Now this sounds like it could be similar to Chernobyl, but that was in the middle of the night. In addition, the Quatrain highlights the creation of a circle of death. It's hard to say at this point whether that would be a nuclear weapon or a nuclear power plant. But it's important to note here that Russia has floating nuclear power plants that they call POTUS, but that's another story. So let's take a look at the quatrains mentioned and some of the others in their vicinity and what the predictions credited to Nostradamus for 2023 that are floating around the internet look like. How accurate are they? And how do they tie in? First, in just about every predictive Nostradamus article or video you saw this year, even the podcasts went over this seven-month warning, Seven Months the Great War, predicting something about World War III without anyone ever solving the quatrain. So I think we'll do that right here. People are looking to starlight on the royal edifice, calling it celestial fire. Let's look at the words. Celeste means heavenly as of or from heaven. The heavens and the sky were the same in Nostradamus' day. They didn't really separate the two. An edifice isn't just a physical structure. It can also mean a built-up set of ideas or beliefs, like a religion or a monarchy. Let's take a look at the quatrain. It's 4100, the last quatrain of century four. From celestial fire at royal edifice. What they have been reading to you is from celestial fire to the royal edifice. Now, the word here used is O, or it comes from A. It can mean to, at, with, in, upon. So it could even be stretched to within. To be clear, this is about the first of the French wars of religion in 1562. This was Nostradamus' time, and more so, the future of his children. 
This first set of nine separate wars lasted over 36 years, and it was the bloodiest and the worst kind of fighting. This was neighbor killing neighbor. This wasn't a divided civil war. This was town after town after town with people turning on each other. And it was about power and who got to keep what. And from the start, it was the crown enforcing the repression of religious freedom. Heaven's fire. The seven months in question begins on April 2nd, 1562. So you're talking about a war of religion that is being fought and upheld by the crown, the royal edifice. So let's complete the quadrate. From celestial fire to at or with royal edifice. The word the isn't used. It's okay to fill it in later on in the meaning, so we'll get to that. Let's look at the second line. When the light of Mars fades from view. Doesn't say blow up or goes away. The third line is seven months great war, death from evil deeds, or just evil or devilry. The word chosen is malfeasance. It means malfeasance or malfeasance, evil or evil deeds. The fourth line, ruen evru, the king will not fail. So let's look at the second line. The light of Mars cannot be seen. The light of Mars fades from view. The light of Mars dwindles, diminishes, reduces. The word falria does not mean blow up or end. Mars is not going away. Mars is going to be there. You don't have to cancel Elon's plans, but you should contact him anyway because there are some things about him in the quatrains and his purpose that he's been seeking. So this refers to Mars at solar conjunction. Mars had a solar conjunction on March 18th, 1562. And what happens during the conjunction is that the planet, from our perspective, passes behind the sun and you can't see it for several weeks because it's lost in the sun's glare. Just this year, in the spring of 2023, a very busy season for solar conjunctions, Saturn had its solar conjunction on February 16th, and you couldn't see it for several weeks. Neptune had its solar conjunction on March 15th. Again, couldn't be seen. The solar conjunction of Jupiter was on April 11th, 2023. Jupiter passed behind the sun from our point of view and remained hidden in the sun's glare for several weeks. You get the theme here? Mars had its opposition which is when we can see it the brightest on December 7th, 2022. And at the same time, it was occulted by the moon. I don't know if you saw that. It was pretty exciting. It's visible for about 10 months after opposition, which is now. Then it becomes lost in the sun's glare around October 10th, 2023. Mars will pass close to the sun in the sky as its orbit carries it around the far side of the solar system from Earth. At its closest approach, Mars will appear at a separation of only 0 degrees, 6 arc minutes from the Sun, making it totally unobservable for several weeks while it's lost in the Sun's glare, or it will seem to fade away, diminish, and reduce. The solar conjunction of Mars on March 18, 1562 was 0 degrees, 0 arc minutes. It was a perfectly aligned conjunction behind the sun. So it wasn't seen for several weeks, and that was to mark the opening of seven months Great War, 
death from evil deeds. The seven months begins on April 2nd, 1562, and goes till the first week of November 1562. It begins with a group of Huguenot nobles. Those were the Protestants. They called themselves the Reformed Church of France. They were led by their general, Prince Louis I de Bourbon, the originator of the House of Condé. We'll refer to him as the Prince of Condé. In response to the massacre of Vassay, which has its own quatrains and obviously sounds bad, being a massacre, a lot of innocent people got killed, and they were the Huguenots. They were the Protestants again, by the Guise brothers and their men who were in charge of the government and the Catholics. But at that point, France really had its own control over the church within France and received much income from it. On April 2nd, 1562, this group of nobles led by the Prince of Condé proclaimed their intention of liberating the king from evil, evil counselors and their plans for the king. So they seized the city of Orleans. Their example was quickly followed by Protestant groups around France who seized major cities up and down the Loire Valley, assaulted Valence in the Rhone River, and after capturing Lyon on the 30th of April, the attackers first sacked and then demolished all Catholic institutions in the city. So that would mean there were no abbots, no monks, no novices. Is that another quatrain? Sure. We'll bring that up later. The takeovers of these cities led to subsequent seizures by the king's army and a lot of bloody medieval violence and death. It also happened within the cities. There were many massacres, neighbors killing neighbors. It was the worst kind of warfare. And this is why Nostradamus gives many warnings about it in the quatrains. We'll do a whole separate discussion about the wars of religion. This started in Nostradamus' time and this was the life for his children. But the seven months of Great War, the first of nine of the French Wars of Religion, begins on April 2nd with the takeover of Orleans, and it culminates on October 26th at the Siege of Rouen, where the king will not fail, which is the fourth line. The king's army came up through Evreux, and then they put Rouen under siege for seven weeks. Evreux was more of a hamlet at the time, just south of Rouen, where they could come through, they could regain strength, then eventually enter Rouen on October 26th. And then there was another week of very heavy bloodshed, completing the seven months, unfortunately. Now let's try to do something of a transliteration. That's where you rearrange the words and the lines to try to find the meaning. I just don't like it when they change the words especially when they try to make the lines rhyme, you lose the meaning. I feel it's only okay to just rearrange the lines because remember, he had to put them in that order so they would rhyme. When you have something, especially what I call a quand, which is the when, and here it would be when, literally, the light of Mars fades from view. So if you just rearrange a few of these lines but don't change the words, it becomes when the light of Mars fades from view. There's to be seven months of great war with people dead through evil deeds from the celestial fire at the royal edifice. But in Rouen and Evreux, the king's army will not fail. That is what this quatrain is about. 
it's not about World War III or Mars blowing up, like some would have you believe. Also, the internet is a buzz about Quatrain 1022, and it's about Queen Elizabeth II eventually replacing Edward VIII. It's not about Charles abdicating the throne for Harry. That's not going to happen. The quatrain that points to Charles is 977. It highlights the transition of Charles going from Prince Charles to King Charles. Quatrain 1022 is about Queen Elizabeth II eventually replacing King Edward VIII, who abdicated the throne for Mrs. Wallace Simpson, only to be replaced by his brother Albert, who took the title King George VI. Edward VIII could have made a return after Elizabeth's father, King George VI, died. Edward was still alive and was the senior member of the royal family, and could have attempted a return to take back the throne. He had even returned to London at the time, but he was indignant. That's why the word chosen in the quatrain 1022 to describe the situation is indigni, because it means unworthy and no one would have gone for it. The nobility, the church, and the parliament would have still chosen Elizabeth, who, as the fourth line of this quatrain states, had no markings of a king. It doesn't say a man who never expected to be king. The quatrain actually says, put in his place, who of king will not have sign and that means an indication or the markings of a king. And what does that mean? Balls, said the queen. If I had to, I'd be king. But the king laughed. It's not that he wanted to, it's because he had to. This is the sign of a king that Nostradamus is talking about in this quatrain. I did a separate episode on just these quatrains if you want to hear the long-winded version but I'll include the quatrain that depicts the coronation of Queen Elizabeth here to point out a recurring theme in many of the quatrains. It's quatrain 1019 from Century 10, quatrain 19, just three before the other one, 1022, which does index the year of her passing to clarify that the quatrain is about her. And that is also emphasized by the closeness of this related quatrain. On rare occasions, Nostradamus will position two related but not continuous quatrains within the same century, but they are never contiguous or in sequence, except for the very first two quatrains, 1-1 one, one, and 1-2. One, they are the only two that go together, and they explain the style of the book as being Nostradamus, the Oracle. These two quatrains, along with selected passages from both the preface and the epistle, come together to explain much about the Book of Prophecies, how it came to be, and where he got the information, which is not a bowl of water. That's silly. This topic deserves its own deep-dive long-winded analysis, and so we can all look forward to that in the very near future. So let's take a look at the quatrain about the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1953. All I really want to emphasize here is that in the end of the third line, the word used is value, which means worthy. It is to say that the choice of her is right and worthy. So the key here is worthy because if you remember the quatrain describes Edward VIII as 
unworthy. So what's being pointed out here is Queen Elizabeth's radio address after her coronation, when she thanked everyone for praying for her for the coronation, which she had asked for during a previous address at Christmas 1952. The most often quoted and famous line extracted from the radio address that she made after the coronation was, Throughout all my life and with all my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. And again, the word worthy is pointed out. You will find words from the story in lines from the quatrain. You will see words in the quatrains from lines in the story. Nostradamus himself explains in the preface that he phrases the lines of the quatrains not as complete sentences. He uses two examples as main influences for the styling of his poetry, Virgil, the Roman poet, and Yoda, the Jedi Master. That's in the preface. I'll show you when we discuss the preface. Just about every recital of the quatrains you hear or see in print are found in what I call Big Al's version, from a 1981 translation that everybody uses, everybody repeats because you can get it for free on the internet as a PDF. Not so much a literal translation because a lot of insightful interpretation has been added, but I feel a literal translation can bring you closer to the meaning. For instance, in Quatrain 149, that we went through, there's an example because the third line says the year 1700, great will have things taken away or have things changed. And it has been interpreted as will lose many things with the word great meaning a large number, which it can. The word used in French is grand. It means great or What do we use grand for? Many, many, many meanings, a great many meanings, including large, huge, special, exquisite. It can mean all of those things, but the point of the quatrain is lost, that the quatrain is referring to Peter the Great in the year 1700, which is pointed out right next to it in the third line of the quatrain, giving the year 1700. The fourth line clearly says, almost subjugate the corner of Aqualon. These lands would be the former Russian and former Soviet Union lands of what is now Estonia, Livonia, and Ingria, which are parts of northwestern European Russia. Each line of the quatrain has to be ten syllables. The first line has to rhyme with the third line, and the second line has to rhyme with the fourth line. When you see a quatrain, The way to tell if it's fake is if it can't be translated back to French in four even lines that rhyme, then it's not real. Such as the 2020 quatrain about the twin years and the ancient queen and the coronavirus. Well, that one was some made-up bunk. Some false Adamas. There are some quatrains in the book about coronavirus. People initially picked out the right one, quatrain 265, that many Nostradamians for years thought would be about an earthquake. It mentions the sloping park along with plague and captivity. They just didn't get it for the right reason. You will see when we discuss this that the longest sloping park in the world sits along the Yangtze River in the heart of Wuhan, China. It's about four miles east to the wet market where COVID-19 initially started spreading. And the lab 
is across the river about equidistant but south of the park. The rest of the quatrain is really simple. It all comes from the headlines of exactly that period when it broke out in the Western world. COVID-19, the lockdowns, and what's worse, the masking and vaccine debates. It's all in there. If you take a look at Quatrain 138, it mentions Sun City. So does Quatrain 18. And the Sun City, I do believe, is Kyiv. But this also refers to the government of Ukraine located in Kyiv and further to surrounding Kyiv because the Ukraine, the borderland, wasn't really a country in Nostradamus' time, but Kyiv did exist in Nostradamus' time. It was a city-state. It had gone from the kingdom of the Kievan Rus. It had been the kingdom of the Rus. It had been taken over by the Mongols, run by the Golden Horde for years, then was taken over by the Duchy of Lithuania in Nostradamus' time, all through his life, right up till right about after his death, and then it was taken over by the crown of Poland. These days, Kiev has been referred to as Sun City because of all the beach resorts along the Dnipro River. There's even one called the Sun City Beach Resort, but there are many stores and markets and cafes named after Sun City, Sun City cafes, things like that. I will show that in a deep, long-winded discussion of all its own about the Ukraine and the many quatrains depicting the history playing out there right now. They start a new generation of quatrains that can only be truly solved if you have internet access. Let's take a look at quatrain 1-8. I will read you Big Al's version, and I do recommend this version over others available, even though I do alter it at times. Here's the quatrain. How often will you be captured, O city of the sun? Changing laws that are barbaric and vain. Bad times approach you. No longer will you be enslaved. Great Hadri will revive your veins. Okay, let's take a look at that first line. It says, how many times taken or captured Solar City or Sun City? It doesn't say City of the Sun. That is poetic license, I'll give him that, but that would be Cité de Solil. The second line starts with Saras, you will be. So he tags that on to the first line to say, how many times taken Sun City will you be? So you could read it that way, how many times will you be taken Sun City? Or you could read it, how many times taken Sun City you will be changing barbaric and vain laws. Meaning that is what the people there are going through. Vain can mean prideful or conceited, but it can also refer to attempted without success. And that doesn't mean by the people in the city, it means their government being changed by the invaders that keep taking the city. Kiev has been invaded, taken over, and turned into a tributary by many empires in the last 500 years. So it's no coincidence that the third line reads, Your pain, or your evil, is approaching. More will you be enslaved. Now, for whatever reason, Big Al's version has a negative in this line. And the point here is he could only translate what Font Brun gave him. 
who was the writer of the book that the translation comes from. But it is actually the opposite. It doesn't have a negative in there. The translation from Big Al's that goes around the internet everywhere says, no longer will you be enslaved. But that's not what line three says. Line three says, your pain is approaching. The more you will be made tributary. Tributary is the word chosen here. It means dependent or taxable, subject to toll, tax, or duty, or even imposable and obligated, or at worst, owned. But in those days, a tributary paid tribute or was destroyed, and they were second-class non-citizens to the empire, a financial enslavement. So the third line translates to your evil approaches or you are about to be wronged. The more you will be dependent, and that's sadly very true because now they're completely dependent on the Western world for just about everything. The fourth line, the great Hadri will revive your veins. That word is recuvrera, and it comes out of recuvra, which means to cover up, to recover, to regain, to revive, to collect. It is saying the great Hadrian will collect your veins which I feel means more than will get you to get pumped. I believe this refers to the French saying, Sisengia o quatre veins, which literally translates to to bleed out of four veins and means to be willing to go through huge sacrifices or to give all. Who's the great Hadri? The Hadri this quatrain refers to is Hadrian, the Roman emperor who from 132 to 136 CE during his reign put down the Bar Kokhba revolt, which was a revolt in Judea against the Roman Empire. He was very vengeful and brutal about it, then afterwards erased the name of the region from the map, renamed it Syria-Palestine, and exiled the Jewish population from the area. He felt the Jewish people weren't a real people and Judea was not a real country. This is not to be confused with the Hadri right after it in Quatrain 1-9. The Hadri in that Quatrain refers to Hadria, which was a major seaport and city in the north of Italy during the Roman Empire and the sea leading to it, now called the Adriatic Sea. But in Quatrain 1-8, Hadrian wanted to eliminate the Jewish people. On February 21st, 2022, Vladimir Putin gave a specific speech entitled The Address Concerning the Events in Ukraine. This was a televised national address, part of which made the argument that the Ukrainians were not a real people and that he wanted to wipe Ukraine off the map. And that has pretty much pumped the veins of the Ukrainians. And that's where I see that in this speech, Hadrian refers to Vladimir Putin, and therefore, Sun City is Kiev. So let's read this one more time. How many times will you be captured, Sun City? Your laws to be changed, barbaric and vain. Your pain and evil is approaching. You are about to be wronged. The more you will be dependent. The great Hadrian will cause you to make huge sacrifices and give your all. So with that, if you look at Quatrain 138, 
It's about the sun and the eagle, the U.S., assuring everyone that this is going to work out. Now, do you remember when Vladimir Zelensky recently came to Washington, D.C. and appeared with Joe Biden at the White House on television? They assured everyone that this was going to work out. But the fourth line of the quatrain states that the hope of victory is somewhat empty because nothing is going to get the Ukrainians to give up and that liberty and peace can only be achieved for many through death. When you come down to quatrain 134, it alludes to the bird of prey that flies to the left, connecting with the French before all this starts. See the bird of prey that flies to the left? That's a play on words. That'd be Joe Biden. Come on, man. It's a word game, after all. The entire book was designed as a word game that people would have fun with. Nostradamus knew you'd like word games. Now we'll come down to Quatrain 117, recited on many predictions of Nostradamus videos and podcasts. They all read the same version, of course, Big Al's version. And it goes like this. For 40 years, the rainbow will not be seen. For 40 years, it will be seen every day. The arid land with dryness will grow, and great deluge when it will be seen. If you look at those lines in French, the first and second lines begin with the word par. Par is a one-syllable word that means by or through, sometimes because of or at. The only reason to switch words in and out of a quatrain is for scansion. You can't drop the beat. Now, if you want to use the word for, there is a one-syllable word that Nostradamus uses for that, poor, P-O-U-R. Again, I think this is a misinterpretation because the translator didn't know what the quatrain was about. You really have to know what the vast majority of quatrains are about to solve them. You have to start with the answer. The main prophecy of the book is in the summation of the many quatrains written in prose along with segments of the preface and the epistle. But we'll get to that. Quatrain 117 really says, by 40 years, as if to say that at that point, or because of, and if you read it that way, you realize it says, by 40 years of drought, the dirt in the earth will grow more compact from being parched, so that when it does rain, it can't absorb the water, and the water is all going to flood and flow eventually till it hits the oceans. I'll go over this quatrain more deeply because it is a famous quatrain and my next edition is going to be famous quatrains. But maybe you read about this type of thing in the news because it matches your climate news. So unless you haven't seen what's been going on in the southwestern United States or in southern Europe these days, and many other places, like even the Horn of Africa. You might wonder if we're in year 23 of a 40-year span. All the news programs constantly say we're in the midst of a mega drought, and we're in year 23 of it. Even with more regional events, say like what happened in Germany two summers ago, or just say St. Louis, Missouri in the United States last year. There was a big drought all summer, and everybody was really scared about how dry it had become. And then the last week of July on a Monday night, it rained half a year's worth of rain in just 12 hours, 
and everything flooded. You saw what happened in California towards the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023. But that's all been going on in Europe as well. In Spain, there was a lack of rain in recent years, and the northeast of the country saw its worst drought on record. People were having to protect their water supplies. This leads to many unwanted effects, like wildfires. It reached 40 degrees. This April, it was record-breaking temperatures. It worsened Spain's drought crisis. And then it starts to rain. It even snowed in Mallorca. The headlines read, Spain was buried in snow. In May, you have the same thing going on in places like the Horn of Africa. Ethiopia and Somalia missed five seasons of rain, and now it's flooding like crazy there. This is going on all over Europe as well. And the media in Europe is saying they're going through the worst drought since 500 years. More than a fifth of Europe is at risk of experiencing a drought this summer. Parts of Spain and southern France are already experiencing water shortages, with farmers expecting the worst yield in decades. This situation is especially serious because it follows years of consecutive droughts, which have depleted the groundwater reserves. This is really important because it's those groundwater reserves you need if, say, a volcano or you have a nuclear incident where you can't drink the surface water, you can't drink the rainwater. We have tapped all the groundwater to feed our crops during this whole drought, so the ground is really parched. And say there should be some kind of incident where you can't drink the surface water. That's why I'm saying when the flood comes, you've got to let it settle into these fields and slowly drain in. As much as that means crop failure now, it means long-term salvation. Whereas if that water all runs into the sea, you deal with sea level rise. And then more rainfall. But the average temperature in the Mediterranean region is now 1.5 degrees higher than it was 150 years ago. Just this last winter saw record heat in Europe with little to no snow, which they depend on for a steady supply of water throughout the year. This will diminish shipping along those rivers and more truck transport will be needed. And that raises the prices. Remember, there can be no truth entirely concerning the future and that your concerns should drive you into action. Okay? Let's continue with some more prophecies. There's a Pope's prophecy from St. Malachi that has been circulating in the known world for as long as Nostradamus prophecies. And there's Quatrain 592 from Nostradamus Les Prophéties. That's Century 5, Quatrain 92, that I believe has been misinterpreted to be about a 17-year Pope by means of a 17-year seat, which has been interpreted to mean the papal seat of Rome, the Holy See. Now, the word used in the quatrain is siege. And yes, it does mean seat, but it can also mean the head of, the seat of government, the head office, the elected or appointed individual who holds the seat, holds the power, the seat of power. So it could easily mean and has been interpreted to be the papal seat because in the fourth line of the quatrain, it mentions the Romans, leading to an assumption that it must be the Roman Catholic Church. I don't believe that's the case. The quatrain is about something entirely different. But what you're going to see because of this well-known interpretation of quatrain 592 
is that the late Pope Benedict becomes the 17-year Pope because Benedict died before the completion of the 17th year since he became Pope. So it could qualify him for this, even though I don't think it does. But it is the interpretation that has been seen on TV and in videos and in print. And if so, that would make him the 17-year Pope. And that would mean that there are five more popes within the next 17 years, with Francis being one of them. Whenever you see or hear programs that include who Nostradamus was and some of his famous quatrains, everyone always includes the Pope's prophecy, which is actually from St. Malachi. It's not from Nostradamus. That the belief that Francis is the last Pope, Peter the Rock, that is St. Malachi's prophecy. I personally don't mix prophecy, but the understanding here is that if the Pope's prophecy from Nostradamus was true, it would mean that Francis is not the last Pope, and so the Pope's prophecies from Malachi couldn't come true. However, I don't think this is the case, and therefore St. Malachi's prophecy is still on. I'll talk about this quatrain 592 in another discussion when I talk about the popes. I will also make predictions about Oak Island. The curse of Oak Island is scheduled to come true, but I don't know if it's in 2023 or the next year. I do know it is Templar treasure. The question is, can we break the curse? Or does a man have to die? His eye pierced by a spring, as the quatrain says before the treasure is found. But this could be difficult because remember, the oracle always has to be right. Let me give you an example of that. And I will give a much more detailed explanation of the oracle when I do cover quatrains 1-1 and 1-2, which describe the form of the book as Nostradamus the Oracle. How an oracle was set up at Kume, Delphi, or Brancus, there were many copycats, but these were the ones that had a great reputation of getting things right. There's a reason for that, and it's actually explained in those two quatrains. So it would be set up with priests. It was a holy place, either a temple to Apollo or Brancus, or to one of the great Greek gods. You would ask the priest the question, to ask the oracle. The oracle would be a woman and she would put on a bit of a show and she would talk in tongues and gibberish and there'd be some elaborate behavior. Then the priests of the temple would write it down and say, here is your answer. That's what she said. So a king of an empire walks in and says, I'm going to invade this smaller empire next to me. I'm going to take it over. I'm going to wipe it off the map and claim it all for myself. What do you think of that? The oracle answers back, Attack if you must, but know that you will cause great suffering to a great people and a once great empire. The leader laughs. He says, That sounds great to me. And he mocks her, Great empire. Not as great as empire as my empire. So the leader goes and he attacks his smaller empire neighbor, and it doesn't go well. And so he needs to retreat but then fate will have it, so that doesn't go well either. And the army that he just invaded is now able to attack his empire, leaving his people to suffer, his empire to diminish, 
and his own citizens filled with nothing but vengeance for the future. See, she did mean his empire. He just didn't take it that way. So the oracle always has to be right. But we have a different situation here. Because while I said a man must die, his eye put out by a spring, if we avoid that, you might think, well, that prediction never came true and it wasn't about this. But we have a second proof in that it is Templar treasure. So if we can avoid some kind of big accident and still find Templar treasure not too far after that in time, we have solved the quatrain. A prediction that should be happening in the future is quatrain 284. This is about a six-month drought in Italy. And that seemed to happen last year with the Po River drying up and Lake Guardia not just drying up almost two-thirds, but the remaining water being as hot as the Caribbean. However, the longest they went without a drop of rain last summer was 110 days, whereas Quatrain 284 details six months, nine days without a drop of rain. And it mentions from Tuscany and Florence all the way down to Naples, along with the entire west coast of Italy in between. There's a Quatrain 231 that depicts great flooding in the same areas that the Campawan and Campania will swell so much that the only thing that can be seen in the fields are water and the tops of trees. Will we continue to see in Italy what we've been currently seeing in California? A long extended drought and then periods of intense precipitation and recurring flooding. I keep hearing about the storm of the century. Every year I hear about the storm of the century. And that would mean we're in the century of centuries. And yes, that's in the quatrains. There also seems to be some predictions about volcanoes in the near future. And you can see the tick up of volcanoes around the Earth now. Nostradamus seems to infer that it will increase because of the hotter weather. The warming of the planet will start to work the volcanoes up because that is the planet's reaction, kind of like a tea kettle. I see these warnings in the future because there were three major warnings about Vesuvius and they all happened. The eruption of 1631, the eruption of 1906, and the eruption of 1944. The eruption of Mount Etna in 1669 and Mount Tambora in 1815, as well as the year without a summer that it caused in 1816. They're all in the quatrains. That's to draw attention to the other side of Naples, Campe Flegre, which there is a quatrain about, set in the future. This will all be in the episode about volcanoes. I want to try to explain how much about volcanoes is in there, so it requires its own episode. But let's see what Nostradamus has to say about the upcoming El Nino this year, and the heat waves that will accompany it. Let's look at Quatrain 598. It is about Europe hitting 48 degrees temperature-wise. Here it is. At the 48th climacteric degree, at the end of Cancer, very great dryness. Fish in the sea, river, lake, boiled hectic. Burn and begore in distress through fire from the sky. Climacteric means crucial. Critical, having far-reaching implications or results. A critical point or event. And that would possibly be a heat wave. 
Now, the word climacteric closely resembles the word climate, also having far-reaching implications at that point. End of cancer. Cancer is from June 22nd to about July 22nd, right at the middle of the summer. The third line, fish in sea, river, lake, boiled hectic. Well, that's definitely a serious heat wave and a fish kill. And the fourth line, Bern and Bigorre. Those are two provinces in the southwest of France along the Spanish border in the Pyrenees Mountains. This is located from the Atlantic Ocean to the upper watershed of the Adore River on the northern slopes of the Pyrenees. It's part of the larger region known as the Gasconet, and it's in the mountains where it gets much warmer, much faster. I feel because it says fire from the sky, it means forest fires in those mountains at the same time that it's going through this crucial heat wave. Here Nostradamus is prophesizing not just about 48 degrees being hit in this part of France and Central Europe, but also the mercury thermometer invented by Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit in 1714 and then standardized with the Fahrenheit temperature scale in 1724. In addition, this quatrain would be pointing out the Celsius scale invented in 1742 by Swedish astronomer Anders Celsius, which was also called centigrade because it's divided into 100 even intervals. So this quatrain 598 would be predicting 48 degrees Celsius being hit in Europe. That has happened. It happened one time in Greece in 1977, but it happened in Italy on August 11th, 2021 when the island of Sicily hit 48.8 degrees Celsius. I think what we're talking about here, though, with Nostradamus and this quatrain is France hitting 48 degrees Celsius and the resulting forest fires in the Pyrenees. This would draw a connection to quatrain 448, which is about a mad locust outbreak in central Italy, which did happen already in Sardinia, but this quatrain mentions the Ausonian Plain, which is what the ancient Greeks called Central and Southern Italy. These two quatrains seem to be about an oncoming set of heat waves and the consequences of them, which would bring me back to Tui Bay 2, because where we are right now in the timeline of Tui Bay 2 is going from poem 44 to poem 45. Poem 45 is where all countries fight the sun and the sun's heat that's been trapped in the ocean leaves. We call that El Nino. I want to get into this much further and tie these quatrains all together and a deeper explanation of Tui Bay too. I also want to bring up Betelgeuse, the star that is the shoulder of the constellation of Orion going supernova, along with several other quatrains, including AI and the zombie apocalypse and finishing the quatrains about Oak Island. So there'll have to be a part two called Even More Prophecies for Now. But I just wanted to say for sure there's not going to be a zombie apocalypse. That's not what the quatrain says. It says when the dead come out of their graves and the quatrain has already happened. I'll start that quatrain out now, and so maybe you can solve it. The big question is not when, the when is given when the dead leave their tombs or their graves. The real question of the quatrain is what is the great seventh number achieved and the fact that it mentions close to the great millennium. There are a lot of warnings in the book Le Prophetise and there is a major warning. 
and there's also a solution offered. It states clearly in the preface that the vast majority of quatrains can't be solved until after they've happened because they're prophetic. And I believe this is to keep the focus on the major events that are outlined, which are about two-thirds of the world's population dying, along with two-thirds of the Earth's land surfaces covered with water. And that's before the asteroid strike. There is no future entirely determined. It's all about what you do now. Don't think Nostradamus would just come in and offer a bunch of scare and not offer a solution. Nostradamus would not do that to you. He's offered a solution. Maybe if some of the creators who make so much Nostradamus content, filled with secondhand slander and the bearing of false witness, would actually read the book instead, they would realize he's actually more the architect of hope. And the one telling you, this is your last chance. I'll try to reemphasize that on a regular basis. So remember to turn anxiety into action because panic never helped anything and concern into construction. I plan to go over all these things. I'll be here to talk you through it. Please do whatever you can to help the podcast get out to other people. And thanks for listening.